Welcome to Your Personal Power Pod, a podcast about aligning yourself with the life you want. And here are your hosts, Sandy Abel and Shannon Young. Hey, Shannon. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? I am good. We were talking earlier about what a beautiful day it is. It's lovely. The fall colors are just gorgeous and they're taking their time coming in and just slowly blossoming into these really rich, deep colors. I love it. My favorite time of year. Ah, why is it your favorite? There's something about the energy. I don't know. I just love Ah. how the energy seems to speed up a little bit after summer and it just seems to work really well with my own energy. This is not your favorite season. No, I'm a I'm a summer person. I like it nice and warm and to be able to be outside at night and all of that. Although I do like fall. It is beautiful and it's a time to get cozy and wear boots and sweaters and sort of hunker down in our home and just appreciate being cozy and safe and feeling so appreciative and grateful for all we have and that we're able to have enough food and a warm place to be. So fall is nice in that way. Oh, way to look on the bright side. (laughs) Well, every season is great. I know a long time ago, I lived in a place that didn't really have seasons. Mm -hmm. And I remember waking up on a Christmas morning and it was 60 degrees and sunny. And I was like, doggone it. Where's winter? (laughs) (laughs) Elsewhere in the country. (laughs) Exactly. I I don't need 40 feet of snow, but I do like to have a change of seasons and really enjoy each one. What about you? Oh, I definitely agree. One of the things that I really like about fall is that it kind of signals a time to start turning inward and do a little introspection once winter hits, you know, and we're all like staying inside a little bit more. And there's just something about it that invites a little bit more self-reflection. Yes, absolutely. So how perfect. It's exactly. And today we're reflecting on anger and shame. Oh, so (laughs) two of the most relaxing emotions. (laughs) There you go. I think we need to do a podcast on joy and appreciation and fun. Maybe we'll do that soon. Oh, that would be great. We're looking at all these emotions that people struggle with, but I think it's also important at some point for us to look at the emotions that bring us joy and keep us healthy and happy and all that. So we'll do that. I like that idea. In the near future. That's great. But today we're we're doing <laughs> we're looking at anger because these days people are angry. Oh my goodness, I have never seen so much anger. They're ticked off about the government, they're upset about the pandemic, they're angry that People are telling them they have to get a vaccine when they don't want it. They're angry that their businesses are closing. I mean, there's so many things that people are really angry about. And it worries me a lot. Yeah. 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 I think it's interesting. We've talked in the past couple of weeks about a couple of other emotions that are up there with anger in terms of being cover-up emotions or red flag emotions. We talked about guilt, which is a red flag emotion. And that's a concept that I think 
I had never heard of it until you talked to me about it, like when I was a teenager, and you were saying there are certain emotions that just exist to alert you to something. And then you're not supposed to spend time there. It's just supposed to be your cue that, oh, something else is going on. And that is such a liberating concept. I think it's interesting that so many of these emotions that we've talked about over the past couple of weeks, like we talked about guilt. Guilt is a red flag emotion or a cover-up emotion. Today, we're talking about anger. That's a red flag emotion or a cover-up emotion. And that's a concept that I'd never heard of and still to this day have never heard of from anybody but you. But it is such a liberating concept that there are certain emotions that exist solely to indicate to you that something else is going on that needs to be looked at. And once you realize that, you're supposed to put that emotion aside, move on from it to what's actually going on. It's simply an indicator. But so many of us spend so much time in these emotions like guilt or anger, and it's not designed to be somewhere that you hang out. It's so destructive if you hang out there. Exactly. And a lot of people hang out there because they don't want to deal with what's underneath it. What's underneath it is fear or pain or feeling less than. Or betrayal. And they don't want to deal with that betrayal. Or There are so many things that are really painful and we don't want to look at them. So it's easier just to be angry. It's Like the other day, I was talking to somebody who's important to me and telling him something that really mattered in my life. And he was playing on his phone and it was like, wait a minute, I'm talking to you and this is important. And I got really angry and I realized that the anger was because I was feeling ignored and I have an issue about being totally ignored. And so once I identified what was going on for me, what my feelings were, then I could get rid of the anger and say, hey, put the phone down because it's important when I talk to you that you give me the respect and pay attention. And then I was able to let it all go. And he went, oh, sorry, and put the phone down. Mm -hmm. And I think that so many of us are feeling anger because we are frustrated. And when you're frustrated with a situation, whatever it may be, and there are a lot of frustrating situations in the world right now, frustration means that you don't have any power and you feel out of control. And when you feel powerless, you cover it up with anger. So if you pay attention to the anger and go, oh, what is going on for me? Put the anger flag down and look at, oh yeah, I'm feeling powerless. Well, actually, I am kind of powerless in a lot of these areas. So I'm going to just get on with the things that I can control and focus on that. And your anger will dissipate if you do that. Which is good because keeping anger around, I know some people who like to use it as motivation and I can see where that is tempting because there's something very seductive about anger. There's something very attractive about following that feeling and just giving in to the desire to lose it, but it is so <laughs> damaging. But I mean, I think some sometimes we don't know where else to find our power. And there's something about anger that says, 
I can help you with that. And being able yeah. to say, yeah, but that's not going to go anywhere productive and it might wind up damaging or destroying relationships. And thanks for the invitation, yes. but no thanks. I'll challenge myself to find my power in you know, a different action. Yes, that's perfect. And that's so true that anger actually makes it so you don't think clearly, you just react. There's a difference between responding and reacting. Mm-hmm. When you react, you just like... They used to say, shoot from the hip. You just go for it, which is actually good. If somebody is physically threatening you, you have to react. You've got to do something to make sure you're safe. You can run, you can fight, you can do whatever you needed to do, but you need to react. Most of the time, you need to respond. And respond means that you take a deep breath, you get clear about what's going on. You look at your options and then you take action. You make a choice. You make a choice instead of just instinctively lashing out. And when you're in the anger mode, you instinctively lash out and it's very seldom successful. Yeah, I've come to realize over the past, I don't know, maybe 10 years that I struggle with a couple of things, one of which is anger and the other one is sugar. And both are very addictive to me and both go absolutely nowhere. And I've noticed I love candy. It's horrible. I love candy and I will eat candy (laughs) until I am physically sick. And I've noticed that if I eat, you know, a couple pieces of candy, you can feel that sugar explode in your system. And it basically says, eat more, eat more, eat more. (laughs) And there's something there that grabs a hold of me that just goes, you just need to keep going on this path. But I've learned after enough sugar (laughs) and enough anger (laughs) that in making the decision to keep doing what I'm doing, doing, there's something in me that is hoping or thinking that I will get something different out of it than I do. And both of them are black holes. You can do one or the other and they both go nowhere except spiraling into something worse. And I've been able to recognize a couple of steps into both of them, the eating and the following anger, that there is a point at which I can kind of discern where the path splits. And if I go this way, I'm going to regret it. And if I go the other way, it may be really hard in that moment, but my life will be better for it. But that's taken a lot of practice (laughs) and a lot of sugar. (laughs) A lot of sugar. That is really wise. That's so powerful because what you're doing when you do that is reclaiming your personal power. You're not giving it up to the emotion. Yay, me. Go shad. You're not giving it up to the emotion or to the sugar, which is a drug. Yes. That affects you just like all kinds of other drugs affect people. You take it and you feel really good for a while and then you feel really awful. So you take more so you can feel better for a while and then you feel even worse and it's a vicious cycle. But what you do when you stop is take your power back, which is excellent. Just like sugar, which I mean, if you eat enough of it, it will damage you physically. Indulging in anger will do the same thing. What kinds of physical ramifications do we see when people live in or choose to attach themselves to anger? I think anger all the time. First of all, it'll destroy relationships. 
Yeah. That's not physical, but it definitely gets in the way of everything you do and everybody you come in contact with. Physically, you're when you're angry, your body is stressed. And we talked about stress in another episode where you get tense and you get short of breath and you your heart races. And if you do that long term, you do internal damage. Yeah. So it's really important to learn how to deal with anger. You can take deep breaths, definitely identify the cause and get to the root of it so you can let go of the anger. Think before you speak or act so you won't have anything to regret. Mm -hmm. Smile and laugh, which it's very hard to be angry when you're smiling and laughing a real sincere laugh, find mm -hmm. things that make you joyful and that will help your anger go away. Just remember, you always have a choice. Once you identify what's going on, you go, wow, I am really angry. I, like I was with my friend who was ignoring me. It's like, wait a minute. All I have to do is tell him. I don't have to go whack him upside the head or anything. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't do that. But I don't have to yell at him. I just have to calmly say, hey, this is what this feels like. And I would appreciate it if you would do it this way. And then the anger goes away. Yeah, sometimes our loved ones just don't even know. They don't know that what they're doing is offending you or hurting you or, you know, you have to give them the benefit of the right. doubt right out of the gate. Exactly. Anger is one of those emotions that can be helpful very short term and then put the flag down and deal with what's going on in whatever way that's appropriate and that helps you claim your personal power in a positive way. I think that's what's going on nationally. Because like you said, people are more angry than you've ever seen them. Just in general, everybody seems to be yeah. vibrating with yeah. anger. And they do. I remember, I mean, we dealt with anger in our household differently than I think much of the country did. Anger was one of those things that was just like, oh, no, no, you know, we don't talk about that or you shouldn't be angry. And that contributes to anger developing. Sure. But so right. much of what's happening, and I love that you put anger and shame together today because it feels like people are so angry that all they know to do is lash out. And a lot of that is trying to make other people right. feel bad about themselves. Which yes, leads us to shame. Exactly. It does. And shame is one of those things that you learn to do to yourself when you're really young. The difference between shame and guilt and embarrassment is where the focus goes. We feel guilt and embarrassment when we do something that violates our values and we go, oh, that wasn't very good. I am not proud of myself for doing that. I'm going to have to make amends about that. And it's about your actions. Shame is when you say that wasn't very good and it's because I'm bad. It's not I made a mistake. It's I'm the mistake. Oh, And you learn that when you're really young, if you wet the bed when you're three and your parent comes in and says, oh dear, you had an accident. Let's clean this up. You'll be fine. You learn that that's okay. People make mistakes and you work with it and you're embarrassed or 
you feel a little guilty because you know you're not supposed to wet the bed and you just didn't want to get up and go to the bathroom. But you don't feel bad about who you are. Mm -hmm. If your parent comes in and yells at you and goes, I can't believe you did that again. You do this all the time. What is wrong with you? Then that's shame. And you are learning to be ashamed of the person you are. And that is really painful and difficult. And it makes you feel like you're not good enough. There's a a meme that's been going around that we've probably all seen that is one of the ones that's probably actually true that says something like, be careful how you talk to your kids because your voice will become their voice. Absolutely. That's so powerful and so true. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you, I mean, so much of what we talk about is, has its roots in when you were little. So then when you get to me an adult, yes. you're like, okay, I'm struggling with all this stuff. Now what? Because this is what I was given and this is the voice I have in my head. We used to call it your tape the tape that your internal tape that you play. Yeah. How do you change that tape? Right. First of all, you be aware that you're feeling shame about the person you are and look at it if it's really valid. Look at where it came from. Find the root. Maybe your parents were having a bad time and they were stressed and they had no money and their life was really difficult, and your wedding the bed was the last thing they wanted to deal with, so they came in ranting, Mm -hmm. where it really wasn't about you. It was about them and what they were going through. So get clear on where the messages came from and why they were delivered. It isn't that you're a terrible, horrible person because you did that. Even if they led you to believe it, it was their issue, not yours. So once you notice you're feeling shame, challenge it. Become aware of how you talk to yourself. Do you use that parental voice or those friend voices or teacher voices and put yourself down? If you do, stop it, change it, because it's not appropriate and not necessary, and have compassion for yourself. So how about, shame has not been a big player in my life either, but I do have a couple of episodes in my life that I am ashamed of, and I think saying, oh, well, that's not real, and I should just let that go, doesn't work in that situation, because I really, if I had the opportunity to go back and do things differently, I would. So how do you come to terms with those things that make you feel shame that are probably valid in some way? Like, I don't think I'm a horrible person, but I did some things I'm not proud of. We all do. Everybody has. Everybody, I don't know anybody who hasn't done something that they're ashamed of and they wish they could redo. And the important thing is to be able to acknowledge that and go, wow, I wish I knew then what I know now. And then forgive yourself and move on. Before today, you were younger (laughs) (laughs) and not as wise and made choices that probably seemed right at the time for whatever reason. They met a need, and so you did it. 
And you look back now and go, oh, wow, that was really dumb. Who was that person? Yes. Well, and that person was probably in a stressful situation or whatever was going on made it so you chose the things you chose to do. And I've done that. We've all done that. The important thing is to be aware of it. Get clear on what was going on and who you are now, and then forgive yourself, let it go, and move ahead. So it's very much like guilt in that learn the lesson and move on. Like take the lesson with you. Yes. Being ashamed of yourself. You're not ashamed of yourself. You're ashamed of your actions. That's the difference between shame and guilt is that guilt is about behavior. And I think you're feeling guilty. And shame is, I'm a bad person. And I don't think you've ever been a bad person. I don't think I've ever been a bad person. Very few people are. Mm -hmm. We do things because they seem right at the time. They are meeting a need. And then we look back and go, oh, wow, darn. (laughs) You know, my favorite story that has to do with shame or lack of shame or how to deal with somebody who has broken some kind of a moral or ethical code. It's a story that Dr. Wayne Dyer recounts, and I believe he's retelling or he was retelling somebody else's story. But it had to do with an Uh African tribe, and they, they had a very small community and a very simple moral code. And if somebody broke that code, the community was too small to deal with it the way we deal with it, which is put somebody in prison and basically ostracize them. Right. Yeah. And so what they did is they would right. they would shut everything down. They would put the person who broke the code in the middle of the group. And then every member of the group would tell that person every good thing they ever did in their life. And this would go on for days until the group ran out of stories. And then at the end of that Uh ceremony, they would have kind of a symbolic rewelcoming of the person back to the group, and then they would move on. And I just thought, that's so different from what we do today, which is you should feel bad. You should be apologetic. You owe us. You're horrible. And what they did is remind this person how great of a human being they are and how small this one incident was. And you know, you are so much more than this. We love you. You can do better and we know you can. And they're so diametrically opposed. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, it's Oh my goodness, that is fabulous. And you can do that. And because of the power of that simple act of remembering how much they love somebody and what that person's worth, they only had to go through this thing like Uh once every three or five years. Right. Because everybody felt good about who they are and felt loved and loved everybody in the group. Right. And there were no things happening to be ashamed or feel guilty about. Yeah, how beautiful. And nobody in that group ever felt shame. They might have felt guilty if they did something bad, but they never felt shame, which is when you identify yourself as bad, not your behavior, yourself. And that's a beautiful story. I love that. I'd love to live there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the thing is, we can do that in our own families. We can, yes. And I think we need to. 
We need to remind each other of why we're all together and how much we love each other and what we appreciate about each other. Yes. That is so important. Then there's no room for anger or shame. <laughs> yeah, so powerful. Well, this is great. Um, we uh, we talked about maybe talking about joy or the positive emotions next week, but we really aren't sure what yeah. we're going to talk about next week. So if you have any ideas or if you have any stories or topics that you really want us to address, please feel free to get in touch with us. What's the best way? You can email me at sandy at insidejobscoach.com and put podcast in the subject line and let us know your thoughts, what we can talk about that you'd like to hear, what you think about the podcast and what we can do to make it even better for you. Love it. So we really appreciate you listening. We do. It's fun to be able to share this stuff and have people listen. Yes, we really appreciate it. We do. And the website is yourpersonalpowerpod.com. It's still, we're kind of working out the kinks, but there are some resources there, some things you can download, some books. Also, we'll be putting some personal stories on there and some additional resources that are specific to each podcast here coming up soon. So that's yourpersonalpowerpod.com. Thank you so much for joining us in this journey. Thanks, Andy. Thank you. And thank you, Shan. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.